Hey everybody, I'm Fran Fraschella and welcome to World of Basketball, the podcast that takes you around the basketball globe uh, where we get a chance to talk to very interesting players, coaches, executives, college, pro, NBA, EuroLeague, NBL, no matter where we cover basketball, we try to bring you a little slice of the world of basketball. And remember, we're part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. So if you check out that new Sirius XM app right now, you'll be able to go back and uh, download some really cool podcasts we've already had. Uh, we're heading up towards 30 podcasts. And, uh, and so uh, we're bringing you lots of content. Uh, we started back in the spring. And uh, I think if you go back and check out the uh, SiriusXM app, you'll find some really cool stuff. Uh, you also can rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And we love that because it gives us a sense of what we're doing, what we can do better. And maybe even you may have some uh, uh, recommendations for guests that we could have on in the future. Today's guest, we have a little German flavor, uh, is a Michigan Wolverine sophomore Franz Wagner. Uh, Franz is the younger brother of Mo Wagner, who played at Michigan just a few years ago, <clears throat> went to the Final Four. Um, of course, now Mo plays with the Washington Wizards. And Franz, uh, following in his brother's footsteps, leaving Berlin, where he had a burgeoning pro professional career uh, going uh, as an 18-year-old, uh, to come to college and try to follow in his older brother's footsteps. So, uh I think you're really going to enjoy it. Just want to bring in my, my uh, co-host and producer, uh, Christopher Tyler, is with me today. And uh, Chris, lots of news. Uh, first of all, uh, from the world of college basketball, uh, I know you heard yesterday that all Division I transfers have been granted waivers. Uh, that was certainly big news. Anybody who thought they were going to be sitting out this year is now eligible to play. That's going to change the dynamic a little bit. And remember, the NCAA has already ruled that everybody who plays this year, this is kind of a free year. So a lot of guys may actually have a five-year career because of the pandemic. So that was interesting that that, broke, that that news broke yesterday. And I think it's a good idea as well. This year is unlike any that we've seen. It's going to be a strange season. We don't even know if there's going to be a full season, right? For all we right. know... The season could finish, you know, next week or the week after, or we could have a, a huge gap of, you know, three, four weeks without any basketball. This is the right thing for the NCAA to do. Just yeah, let these I, guys play. If they're if if the teams are playing, let anyone who is on that team play while we still can, because all we want is we, we want basketball. We want these kids to be happy. We want them to have fun, and and I, I think it's a great decision. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And uh, what it's going to do is going to strengthen college basketball. Uh, it's going to strengthen teams that are already old who can stay old, yeah. which uh, is a big thing right now. When you look at uh, some of the best teams in college basketball, the Baylors, the, you know, the Gonzagas, the Villanovas, Illinois, uh, there's a handful of teams that are at the top of the polls that are really veteran teams. Also, the, uh, the, the Supreme Court is going to hear uh, – uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hear the case that involves the na name, image, and likeness uh, issue that uh, uh, that we've all been, you know, uh, discussing over the years. Uh, that would allow players, student athletes, to receive extra benefits from their name, their image, and likeness. That probably is not going to come down until June. And then, hey, a special shout out to Keontae Johnson, Chris, oh, yeah. uh, the young man Scary from Florida. Stuff who uh, suddenly, uh, you know, um, 
passed out on a court last weekend against Florida State. Uh, he was in critical but stable condition from what I understand right now. And I did get a text from Michael White this year thanking uh, me, among many others, for their prayers. But it uh, looks like uh, Keontae's back in Gainesville. He's in stable condition. He's, he's communicating with his family, with his teammates. So we're uh, hoping and praying that he makes that full recovery. Absolutely. And he's breathing on his own as well after being in a medically induced coma. So the fact that he's out of that now is is great news. And, and hopefully he can recover even more over the next couple of days because that's that's just scary stuff. We don't want to see that. Exactly. And just quickly, because we do this every week, uh, we're really hoping to see uh, Gonzaga play uh, Iowa, Iowa this weekend. Yeah. You know, we're keeping our fingers crossed because we're day to day. And we'll see some international guys. Obviously, Luca Garza has been on World of Basketball. Uh, he's having a phenomenal year, 29 points a game. Uh, the, the, the Hawkeyes are still rolling. Uh, we'll also see our buddy Tommy Lloyd, who we had on the podcast during the summer, who has been an architect for Mark Few of putting together some great international players that, are, that have played at Gonzaga. I think what we checked during the summer, it was like 17 or 18 different countries have been represented up in Spokane playing for the Zags. So that's going to be a fun game. Uh, Franz Wagner's team is 6-0. and uh, We'll hear from Franz in just a second. Uh, you got to love these Georgian kids, right? Uh, Mamu Kelishvili and Pishanishvili, uh, the Seton Hall and Illinois kids, they're still rolling along. Yeah, I watched Mamu Kelishvili for the first time this week. Phenomenal game for him, 32 points and nine rebounds. I've watched him in previous years and I've always liked him, but the step that he's taken this year, he looks to me so much better than he has even a year ago. It's it's a phenomenal transformation. I'm going to keep an eye out for him more and more because this kid can score pretty much in every way possible. I'll tell you, uh, in a year that's going to be crowded for All-American honors, I think this kid is absolutely in the mix. He may not be first-team All-American, although uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but this kid's an All-American the way he's playing. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And, uh, hey, a couple other things from overseas. Uh, Jordy Hulls, who we had on a couple weeks ago, the former Indiana Hoosier, he's knocking down 53% of his threes in the German League, the BBL. Uh, Kyle Hines and Davide Moretti, they're 10-1 and for Amani Milan in the Italian League. They're also eight and five in the Euro League, which is pretty good. Now Davide's not playing; he has not gotten into Euro League competition. He's mainly playing in the Italian League, which is very understandable, Chris, because of how young he is. But yep. Kyle Hines, one of the legends of Europe, is uh, playing well off the bench for Milan. And then, how about these two guys, Billy Barron and Kevin Pangos, uh, both who were on our show earlier in the summer? Pangos, a Gonzaga guy. Uh, they're uh, playing for Zenit in St. Petersburg. They're rolling along. They got a huge game this weekend against uh, Seska Moscow. Uh, as we, as you hear this podcast on a Thursday in December, this will be tomorrow night, Friday night. And they're also eight and four in the Euro League. So uh, our guy, our world of basketball guys, are making up a pretty good uh, Euro League backcourt so far. Pangos and Billy Barron. Absolutely, and that's what we love to see. We want to take our listeners around the world of basketball, and by bringing in all these guests, we're pretty much covering most corners of the basketball globe, which is fun to see. Yeah, yeah, we got to get some. We got to get the continent of Africa represented. We're trying hard. We definitely uh, are to get some people to uh, you know come on the podcast. But uh, we're enjoying uh, every week, whether it's a college player who's from you know Germany, like Franz Wagner, or it's an American player playing in Europe. 
Uh, if it's uh, uh, Jerry Colangelo, who we had on, Jeff Van Gundy giving us the, the lay of the land in the NBA regarding international guys. Uh, every single week, we're going to try to bring you somebody interesting that uh, you can learn a little bit from. And you will learn some stuff about German basketball and the Wagner family and Michigan basketball today uh, from Fons Wagner. So, Chris, without further ado, here is our podcast with Michigan Wolverine sophomore, the native of Berlin, Franz Wagner. Hey, first of all, um, I wanted to ask you, um, it's a crazy time uh, in, in, around the world with, the, with, with COVID and everything. But before we talk about you, when, the, when everything broke out and you guys were heading to the Big Ten tournament and you got detoured, you got a chance to spend time with your whole family in Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah. With Mo and your mom and dad, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. What was, yeah, what was the what was that what was that like? Considering that uh, you don't get a chance to see them as much as when you were back home. Yeah, that was kind of like a sweet spot of the whole thing. Um, I mean, it was kind of like the holiday feeling because that's not only the time when we see each other. So um, it was my first year uh, away from home. So obviously, I was very excited to see everybody, and, uh, especially my parents. Um, they wanted to come up anyway for for our postseason. So, um, yeah, we got to spend a little time together in D.C. Um, my parents could work a little bit from from there too, and yeah, um, yeah it was it was a great feeling. How long were you guys all together quarantined? Uh, I'd say all together like two weeks because my dad had to leave a little earlier to work. Um, but my mom she she stayed a little longer. So got it. We had a good, so we had home a cooking, good right? Exactly. Home German, German cooking, yeah. Yeah, I, got I missed it. it for sure. Yeah. How much fun was it being a, having it having a chance to to hang with Mo, given that your guys are like four years apart, and he'd already kind of preceded you coming over. Yeah. Um. I mean, we never really need a, like a lot of time to get back to normal. Um. Yeah, we were just hanging out, um, joking around like we normally do, and um. Yeah, it's great to see, great to see him again, great to see kind of how he evolved as a person too. Um, I think that's very interesting when you see someone for, for a longer period of time when you can't see them. Um, and then when you, when you see each other again, I think it's always funny to kind of see how, how they develop. Um, and I think he had the same experience with me. So um, no, it was a great time and um, can't wait to have that against him. So when, when he left home the first time, he was 17 or 18. He was kind of a teenager. Now he's a grown-up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he said the same thing about me. He said, um, "When I left, you were a little boy, and now you are grown up." So um, that's cool. Now it's fun. Now, th- there's a rumor that he rented an apartment and put a basketball hoop in it. Is that true? Well, so yeah, he lives in a little townhouse, and it's like two stories. And he has the upper one, and the lower one was empty. So uh, he rented that one out for a couple of weeks, and. Um, for us just to work out in and we had a little basketball hoop that we that he built that he built outside uh so we can get some some shots up got it that's great all right well you're you're unique uh not unique but you 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 had a chance as a very young player you played professionally so to speak in the bbl and and one of the younger players in a really good league i think We've talked on this podcast a number of times that the 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 German league continues to rapidly improve around Europe. So sure. like your brother, you had an interesting decision, really a no-lose decision 
of staying and playing professionally for a great team that you knew well, Albert Berlin, where you played, uh, played a lot of minutes for such a young player, or coming to the United States and, and following in, in, in your brother's footsteps. So given there was no wrong decision, what, what, what did you weigh and why did you ultimately choose to come to, uh, come to the United States? Yeah, it's funny that you said that. And like that was like the decision between Michigan and staying at home was in my mind for at least six, seven months during that season because um, I kind of knew it was going to come down to that. But like you said, that kind of helped me that I knew I can't really go wrong because um, back home they had everything perfectly set up for me um, to, to continue to, to develop as a player. And uh, we had great coaches that really cared about you um, and how you work and how you get better. Um, but what I weighed out, um, what was more important for me in that uh, moment um, was that in college, um, there's so much more to the experience than when you play professionally. Um, and that's more off the court, obviously. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not just a basketball player. So um, I thought that was very important for me as a person to um, go over here and meet new people from different kind of backgrounds, um, learn learn new culture and stuff like that. Um, I think that kind of outweighs, at least for me, the the value that's, and becoming a professional basketball player. Right. And um, yeah, that was, that was kind of what, what got me to, to decide for Michigan. So you're 17 years old and in basketball in the States, as you know, a 17 year old is a high school junior or senior playing against his own age. What was that last year, the 18-19 season, where you're in a league with guys that have already been in the NBA, really good players, you know, professional players. You played over 50 games, as I recall. Um, mm-hmm. as a professional at 17, what was that experience like for you, given that you're just a teenager probably playing video games when you're not practicing? Yeah, um, <laughs> no, it was, it was a great experience. I mean, um, like you said, all these guys over there, they already went to college and played a couple of years in the NBA or maybe in some other leagues. And um, so from that standpoint, I learned something every, every single day, something new um, on the court. Um, obviously it's a little different from college where everybody's your own age, but, um, I think I learned a lot during that year and obviously it was, you had to learn a lot about how to take care of your body. Cause like you said, it's a long season. Um, but I, I just had so much fun really. And for me, I mean, I grew up in Berlin, like you said, so, um, it was a dream come true for, uh, to play for my hometown team that I grew up watching and, um, yeah, I had a great year. Given that your brother had already preceded you in the States, uh, on every German team, there's always a handful of American players. Did you ever talk to those guys about the possibility of college and what it was like compared to professional basketball in Germany? Like oh, Luke Sigma, sure. for example. Um, Luke Sigma, yeah. Luke Sigma, Peyton Siva. Um, Landon Noko, I think, went to Clemson. Um, so we had a lot of guys that um, had that experience, obviously. And, and I, I, I tried to kind of pick their brain um, on like how different it is and um, yeah, kind of what goes into that decision. Um, Nils Gafai, who, who played on my team, he played for UConn and uh, he won two championships. So uh, <laughs> obviously he had a great time, but um, yeah, no, I had a lot of good, good people that I can ask kind of on their opinion. Um, but kind of what it came down to, everybody told me it's your own decision. And the most important part is that, that you're behind um, your decision. At the end of the day, you got to live with the results. So 
um, that was kind of my mindset. Yeah. What did, what was your first year like? Now, first of all, before we talk about your first year at Michigan, you had a unique situation because you're getting ready to get on a plane to come visit Michigan. John yeah. Beeline is a good friend of mine. I coached against Coach Beeline uh, 25 years ago. He, he leaves for the NBA. You already know Michigan a little bit because of Mo. What was that craziness like coming over to visit, not having a head coach, Mo, Mo uh, excuse me, Jawan Howard eventually becomes a head coach. What, where was your head at when you were trying to decide on, on uh, coming to college? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I remember that day like it was yesterday. We are about to get in the plane um, to fly out of Amsterdam, I think. And, um, and somebody texted me from, from back home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously it was a little weird um, doing the visit without anybody really knowing who's going to be there as the head coach. And the assistants didn't really know if they were going to be there next year. So um, that was definitely crazy. Um, but at least for myself, I know – um, that my relationship with Saudi uh, Washington got that much closer because of it. Um, who's still here right now in Michigan, and uh, so I think from that standpoint it was good. And when when Juwan um, when Juwan decided to, to be the next head coach, I was super excited um, to have also a new coach um, that was different from most coach uh, a little bit. So um, to kind of have my own my own head coach, and um, obviously you know we don't gotta talk about how how much experience Juan has and, and what he brings to the table. So um, when he w- when he came, I was I was very excited, um, and yeah, so that made it a little easier. One thing I remember about your team last year, because I continue to study the game as a next coach, is you guys score almost out of every timeout situation. Exactly, that's that's good because coaching right there. ATOs. Yeah, exactly. Sure. What what what's it? What was it like going through? Your first year and his first year as a head coach, what kind of similarities did you, did you guys share any of that type of, you know, discussion? Because he was learning like you were in many ways. For sure. I mean, we didn't talk about it like that. Obviously, yeah. we, have, we have a little different job. But um, I think the feel-out process was, was a little similar for both of us. Obviously, for me, it's a little harder um, just because everything was so new to me. But, yeah, um, no, I think you, you, you can see how open he was to learning, too. Uh, I think that's something I rubbed off on, on everybody in the team that he always said, I'm here to learn from you guys too. Um, so that was, that was very inspiring. I think for the whole group to, to see that really the head of the snake uh, have that kind of mindset yes. and um, he continues to do that. So um, I think that's very helpful uh, for, for young players. And um, yeah, I think, I think it works out pretty good. Yeah. What about the style of play uh, that you were used to in Europe and how it, how it helped you adjust to uh, not only the college style of play, but maybe because of him being a professional coach? Yeah. Um, I mean, I played really, we played really fast in Berlin, um, shot a lot of threes, passed a lot. Um, so I think from that standpoint, um, it's very similar to what we do now. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to do some, some different stuff than I did with the, with the pro team kind of a bar a little bit more and stuff like that. But um, at least from the ball moving and, and sprinting up the court, um, I think that, that kind of approach is pretty similar. Um, and the physicality, I think, playing against grown men um, for a whole year um, is a great preparation for, for the Big Ten, where obviously we have a lot of big bodies. So um, that, was definitely, that was definitely a good experience for me. Uh, you last year, your freshman year, you actually played in a league with some really good young big guys physically for sure right 
Tillman and Garza and Oturo and yeah. and, and Coburn. That's a big guy from Illinois yeah. for sure. Teske wasn't probably a big dude in practice, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you got That's something you got to get used to first. And uh, yeah, I think I got a little head start um, before a lot of all the freshmen I played in high school kids, and um, I think that definitely helped me out. Yeah. I know you broke your wrist when you, you know, last year, like I think it was October. Um, you ended up with, you ended up having a good enough year that you put your name in, in the NBA draft. And um, I don't know how serious you were about doing about, about leaving early, but I, I know they give you feedback. Yeah. I know that's one of the reasons young players like yourself, you know, put your name in is to get the feedback. What was the feedback from teams or the, the league itself about what you have to keep improving on? Um, yeah, I wasn't that serious. Like you said, it was more about, I mean, if I have the chance, why not? Right. So, um, um, all I kind of got from, uh, getting the feedback was, um, obviously I have to work on my body. Uh, I think that, that was the biggest question mark last year. Um, I, I didn't look like an NBA player, I think. So, um, I worked on that during the off season. And, um, I think other than that, I, I can continue to do what I do. Uh, I think what I do translates pretty well to to all leagues in in the world. So um, yeah, I just try to continue work on my body, um, and at, at least I knew I was on the radar. That was really all I wanted from from that kind of process. And um, yeah, I was very happy with that and very excited to come back to Machine. Yeah, you averaged eleven and a half points as a freshman in the Big Ten, so they already trust me. You're on their radar. You know what I mean? They yeah, already know that uh, we, we know you can shoot it. And it early on, you're not shooting the way you're capable because you haven't played many games and you haven't been in a rhythm, but how much has the rest of your offense improved as far as handling the ball? And I know coach Martelli says you're one of the smartest players he's ever been around. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take that as a compliment from coach Martelli because he's not that smart, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, coach Martelli, I don't know how many PhDs he's got, but he's got a couple of them. He's a good man. He's a good man. But no, but sure. how have you? How have do you? How do you want to continue to evolve your game? I guess. Um. Yeah. I mean, with with Xavier Simpson, um, who was very ball dominant and made a lot of decisions for us. Um. Like I said before, I think there were a lot of opportunities for other people to kind of fill that uh, fill that role this year, and I think we could do a good job of uh, splitting that role into into multiple players. Uh, I think Isaiah. Eli, obviously Mike Smith and, and Shondi Brown, I think everybody can handle the ball. And um, I think that's that much harder to guard if you have a lot of weapons, a lot of people that can do that. Um, so that's what I worked on on my ball handling and, and making decisions with the ball. Um, still trying to do that more in the game, but um, yeah, that's something you just got to keep working on and um, struggling and being frustrated. I think that's part of the progress. And um, that normally means that that you're at least on the right track and that you're doing something right. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to continue to work on that. And obviously my shot, I think um, that's something that the NBA scouts look, definitely look at. And um, I think a big word with that is consistency. If you can show that you consistently can shoot the ball, um, chances are you're going to play. So, yeah, um, those, those two things probably. How much did you watch the bubble, the NBA bubble this summer? I watched a lot. Um, yeah. especially when the playoffs started. Obviously, I watched a couple of Wizards games too, but yeah. uh, when the playoffs started, I really <laughs> yeah. watched. Um, that was training camp was, for them, really. 
Wizards yeah. were in training camp, really. I think from what coach from the, what the coaches said. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, the reason I mentioned the bubble is because there's a guy that plays for the Miami Heat, who happens to be a Michigan guy, yeah. Duncan Robinson. I'm I'm wondering, not that you're exactly similar, but how much did you enjoy what he did, and what did you take away from watching him have success? Oh man, I mean, what I just said. If you can shoot the ball, then ten is all you're going to play. I mean. I mean, now everybody knows his name. I think before the season, not too many people did. So, um, I mean, he's definitely up there as one of the best shooters in the league right now. Um, and he does it in, does it in mul- multiple ways. And even though people know he's the best shooter on the team, he still gets open. So, I think that's that's where you really got to give him credit that he continues to move and, and get open. Uh, and that's really art for itself um, that even people that not, not necessarily shoot that much can look at and, and see how he gets open and, and creates an advantage. So um, that was very impressive. And, and I know Duncan a little bit, so very happy yeah. for him. Same body types. You know, I mean, you may be a little bit better with the ball. He obviously is one of the – I don't know. I think he could even shoot in – I think he even have. I think he would even have success in the BBL. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> he would. He would. He would yeah. stretch out defenses that much more. Uh, he, yeah. he'd be good in any league if you can shoot the ball like that and that's very true i'm just i'm just joking um all right one last thing i want to talk just uh, not uh, a little bit about the nba because we we already know that that's on your radar but i i read where your brother said somewhere that he's told you just enjoy the process and don't think about the long term uh nba professional he said that helped him uh, what kind of advice has he given you about your future in general playing basketball I think one thing that, that worked really well for Mo, and uh, obviously he tells me that a lot, is um, those things are going to work out the way they're supposed to if you take care of the work. Um, like, you can't worry about what's going to happen in six months if you don't take care of the work right now. So um, I think that kind of can take stress away from you too, um, kind of not worrying about the unknown. And especially in these times, I think that's, that's very important. Um, so, yeah, I think, like you said, just enjoy it and um, give it to you all every day. And whatever happens, the results, you can live with that. So um, that's kind of my mindset right now, too. Um, even though things aren't going the way, maybe. Um, I wanted to before the season. Um, if I take care of the work um, right now, I think things are going to go the, the, way, the way they're supposed to. you got a long season ahead of you as long as everybody stays sure. safe and healthy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, okay. So let me go back to Germany. Um, basketball. Are you, do you, obviously you have, you have a tall brother. Do you have a tall family and where's basketball begin in your family? Um, yeah, it's a tall family, but it's, it has begun with Mo. Um, yeah. we played soccer. My, my dad played handball. So and my yeah. mom, my mom was athletic too. So, um, sports was always a thing, but basketball, um, kind of came with with Mo and then obviously yeah. I wanted to do it too but um we played soccer just like everybody else really does in Germany and exactly once you kind of get taller they, um, <laughs> that's when you kind of have to have to shift a little bit so before practice at Michigan do you dribble a basketball with your foot <laughs> sometimes I do sometimes I yeah do. I mean, sometimes every player I've ever fun. known from Africa or Europe they all dribble a basketball with their foot yeah no like it's second it's, nature it's, no it's fun for sure but yeah you know, I'm way too tall to, to hang with these guys. They're way yeah. too quick. Yeah. Yeah. So Mo gets so Mo started in the Alba, Alba Berlin system at an early age. 
and then you yeah. follow behind them, right? So, like, one thing they do really well, um, obviously, they do it a little different. You don't play for your school. Uh, you play for a club team. So, uh, one thing they do, they, they go to, they go to um, elementary schools and kind of look at kids um, where they think they have talent for basketball. And I think that's how Mo got picked out. And then he started, and then I just watched Mo play. And then I wanted to do it too, and immediately I left the game. So um, I think that's 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 really well how they do it that they go to school and kind of take on some kids. Has your family always been bringing Berlin out Alba fans football everything? No, so no. that was all that was all started with Mo playing there, and then obviously you always go to games, and um, when we go to Mo's games, you you meet all the parents, and some of them were Alba fans before, so. Um, so we really started going to the Alba games when I was like seven, nine, something like that. Yeah. So when it comes to football, Alba all the way, or when it comes to football, they don't have a they don't have a oh they don't team. have it. Okay. They don't yeah. have one. Who's no. your Who's your football team then? Um, I mean, I have to go with one of the Berlin teams. They got two right now, so I'll take uh, Union is, is the name. Um, so I'll take that one. Got it. All right, that sounds good. And you know, playing, uh, being, being, being a good player at your age. Obviously, you've already played some FIBA under eighteen. I know it was the last, I think, uh, FIBA event for you. Uh, I assume if you have a chance, you'll want to play on the national team. Yes, of course. That's yeah. I think that's a dream. That's a dream for everybody that kind of starts playing, at least in yeah. Europe. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Is there a chance? Of course, there's a chance. But have you talked to Mo about the possibility of? playing together on the national team down the road? We have, we have. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you can think about that now, but like like we said, uh, you got to take care of the work first. So, um, hopefully some someday down the line that will happen. Yeah. Tell, I, I live in Dallas, so I've, I've watched Dirk's whole career, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, literally from the time he got here. Just tell tell the listeners, like, is Dirk – is he well known in Germany? I mean, is he because basketball is not the f- first sport. We know that, even though the yeah. BBL is coming fast and the crowds are getting better, the talent's getting better. But what's Dirk's? What is Dirk? How's he thought of in Germany? I think if if you know sports well, you'll know know the name Dirk Nowitzki. But um, I think a lot of people don't really care about sports that much. Um, definitely more people. Um, over here that do that but um yeah you know sports you know Dirk and obviously you know basketball and Dirk's like like God so yeah um, yeah yeah is he uh I mean when you're growing up and once you start getting into basketball how much NBA are you watching from you know from the TV in in Germany that's kind of how I fell in love with basketball watching NBA games and highlights and stuff like that I think now like you said um there's a bigger kind of place to watch German basketball and I think that's how a lot of people now um, fall in love with the game and they see people from their own kind of upbringing um, play basketball um, but yeah I started watching Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron James and those type of guys play. so those are your guys so like Miami Heat For sure. are they would they be your team now still well no it's the Wizards um, it's the Wizards no I gotta I gotta <laughs> take the Wizards I know Juwan I know Juwan's a Heat guy too but yeah, that's funny. Well, he was a. Uh, I think was it wasn't he with the Washington Bullets? Yeah, he was right. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, so 
Ah, uh, you got you got a little bit more in common than uh, than just that. Yeah. Um, all right, so you 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 kind of touched on this. My my German friends tell me that the development system right now for young players like yourself with the clubs is is getting to where it's as good as nearly any place in in Europe. Like we know about the Serbians, we know about the Spanish, but um, tell me about the coaching that you got at Alba and how it helped you. And what are the things you're doing when you're 14, 15, 16? Um, I think one thing that Alba does very well, and I don't think a lot of people or everybody does it in Germany yet, but um, you start more with basics, uh, knowing how to pass, how to dribble, not always fancy dribbles, but dribbles that you actually uh, can use in a game effectively. And um, I think I learned really early how to shoot. And um, we start with the form and we start closer to the basket and those kind of things before you go and shoot threes. And uh, I think working on that, like when I was 14, I, I don't think I played pick and roll. Um, I think my first time was when I was like 15, 16. So I think that kind of shows you that you can kind of learn how to play um, off of each other and just passing and going and cutting and those kind of things. And um, I think that helps you right now a lot because um, other people didn't really learn it like that. And um, I think how to effectively use movement and, and dribble, dribble, dribbling. I guess um, I think that's how I learned at least how to play. Yeah. How about how about how about weight training? Is there much of that going on when you're a young player? No. Um, no. I started lifting weights. I don't know when I was like 15, 16. But that's one of the things I came over here because um, I knew that's part of making it, making the next step um, and taking that. So. Um, and obviously weightlifting is a lot bigger here. So um, yeah. that was one of the reasons. Um, when you came, when you came over, uh, you already, you already knew a little bit about Michigan, but what was the adjustment like on campus and food, dining halls? What's that like going through that? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's normal for, that, that's kind of normal experience for everybody that first comes to college. Um, yeah. It's a little weird. You have your dorm room, um, you don't really have your private space like that anymore. You have a roommate, um, no more home cooked meals, like you said, um, even in the dining hall. But um, I talk about this with, with with the freshmen now on the team that don't live in the dorms right now. Like actually looking back, that was a really cool time. Like uh, you met so many new people that maybe didn't even play basketball and um, kind of built relationships like that. And obviously now I enjoy living in my house and having my own room again. So um, that kind of makes it even more sweet now. But um, now looking back, I mean, it was hard at the start, but um, I think uh, it was also kind of cool when I joined it. Yeah. Is there any place in Ann Arbor you can go for schnitzel? Is there any German restaurants? or? There is one German restaurant, but I, I haven't really eaten it yet. Yeah. I wanted to go with a couple of teammates, but uh, obviously yeah. not with COVID. Uh, probably not the, the real not experience. That's the smart thing so. to do. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, is yeah. it? I mean, do you know if it's authentic? Are these people from Germany or – I don't know yet. I I, okay. <laughs> I got to check it out after after all this is done. Yeah. Uh, tell me tell me about the Big Ten and like I, again. I don't want to the BBL. When I watch a game on TV now, the usually the bigger games, great crowds, kind of like an NBA type arena. What was your first experience going through the Big Ten, playing at Breslin Center at Michigan State, Iowa? You know that crazy barn up at Minnesota. Yeah. What's what um, was that was crazy. What was that like? It was a lot of fun. I mean, solo crowds, like you said. I think the biggest difference is that you have the student 
student section in every every college that always go crazy. So uh, I think that's a lot of fun playing playing at other arenas. Um, and like I said, the student section I think is probably the biggest difference between college and, and any pro league. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun and a little different. Um, a lot of music and stuff that they play, but with the bands and stuff, but a lot of fun for sure. Did they? Uh, did, the, did the fans of the opposing teams uh, yell at you in German at all, or did they? Were they creative when they got on you? I think some tried to. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, they definitely cursed at me in English yeah. stuff, but um, yeah. yeah, they said you suck and things like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty common. Yeah. We call we yeah, call that fine. the universal language. You know? <laughs> exactly. Especially, exactly. I think, in places like the Big Ten, where the yeah the, the opposing team, uh, but nothing creative, no signs, nobody cursing you in German or anything. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. we had a German flag in in, in Chrysler Center, but yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. Make sure, make sure whenever you do, if you, if you stay three years, four years, two years, but if you have a senior night, they have to play the German national anthem before senior night. <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> you tell Coach, How, tell Coach Howard, that's what you want. Uh, For sure. I, I got to ask you about Coach Martelli before I let you go, because uh, I've known him about 40 years. Is he uh, as funny as I think he might be? He is. He's a great yeah. guy. I, I mean – um, you gotta love him. He, he has so much wisdom out, uh, with him, um, and is always in a good mood too. Um, yeah, I mean, you just gotta love having someone like that on your coaching staff and, and available to you um, throughout the day. Um, I think he brings a lot of um, expertise to, to the coaching staff that maybe hasn't coached a lot like that. Um, so I think. Um, it was a great fit having him having him on the coaching staff. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree he, with he's that. He's just a great I, guy. I agree. That was a good hire by Coach Howard. He's a he's a mentor um, uh, almost to a lot of For people. Sure. Um, I watched the Penn State game the other night. Um, how weird is it playing without fans? Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, they played as weird, uh, like kind of like sound to imitate the fans, but um, it's it's definitely weird and seeing the benches set up like spread out um also a little weird but i mean you just gotta work with what you got at least we can play you're playing that's right well listen hey franz we really appreciate you being on world of basketball uh you gave us a little bit of a taste of uh german basketball culture which is what we want to do we wish you nothing but the best this season uh and uh and and in your future i'll be following you every step of the way so have a great season stay healthy uh, tell, tell Coach Martelli that Fran said hello. And uh, we'll be following you all year, Franz. We really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we want to thank Franz Wagner for coming on the World of Basketball podcast. We really enjoyed him. We wish him the best of luck in his sophomore season at Michigan. We certainly wish his uh, older brother, Mo, uh, success as he enters, I believe, year three now in the NBA. And uh, that's what we're trying to do every week on World of Basketball is give you a taste of the basketball world from somewhere around the globe as we bring it to the United States. And uh, I know we have my, my, I have many friends who listen to the podcast from, uh, uh, from, from all over the world. So uh, regards to all of you, ladies and gentlemen out there who are listening. Uh, remember, World of Basketball is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network, and you can get uh, these podcasts on the new uh, SiriusXM app now, and you can also go back and listen to some of the uh, many great podcasts that we've had and others have had. 
so go ahead and get that. Put that on your phone. I think it's right smack in the middle of your app uh, on your iPhone. And uh, also rate and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts because uh, it lets us know how we're doing and it lets the bosses know that uh, uh, that you know we're, we're successfully bringing you some good content. So uh, without further ado, again, thanks to Franz Wagner. And uh, as I promise you every week, next week, we're going to bring you to another place in my world of basketball. Serious XM Podcasts.